Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Thank you, Lord. Bella, your prophesying is so encouraging. Your gift is being manifested. And the Bible says that, you know, even though some people can speak in tongues, that's great. But we don't know what you say when we say things in tongues because how be it only God in, in, in our spirit speaks. But when you prophesy, all can be encouraged. And as you began to prophesy today, as you began to open up and allow Lord use you as you were prophesying and using your gift, I began to hear people step in to step in to where you were already at. And I heard it today. I heard it. I, I heard the voices. I haven't I've, I've heard people singing like they were singing today. There, there, there is something different that's going on in your life that is manifesting in God's people. So I want to encourage you today. The way that you encouraged us, I encourage you today. Continue on with the gift that God has given you. Keep walking in that gift. Keep practicing that gift. Because I, I see it. More and people are getting encouraged and they're going forth and praising God. Instead of us sitting here being quiet, I heard the voices. I heard angels. And, and, and I'm saying angels. I'm talking about messengers that are here and it's happening today. It's, it's not going to happen. It's happening today. So God bless you. God bless you. Gracias. Amen. 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 I am... Listen, you guys, I'm telling you right now, we've been looking for, we've been looking for revival. We've been looking for revival to break out, saints of God. And, and I'm sorry, I know there has been awakenings and people calling revival, revival and things like that. But I, I believe that God is doing a new thing. It's not like what we think. It's not about the laying on hands and the shaking and falling out and, and all that stuff. Yes, that does happen. Yes, it's needed. But there is a resurgence, a reviving, uh, 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 there, you know, some Sometimes when you, when you wake up in the morning and you get that real good coffee, you, you know, you're like, whoa, man, I was tired, but now I feel alive. And that's what God's doing for us. He's, he's given us his spirit. We, we've been relying on our own uh, uh, minds and our own strength. And now he's allowing us to walk in the spirit. And things of this, of prophesying and speaking in tongues and, and, and the interpretation of tongues and the laying on of hands and, and the, um, gifts, the gifts of, uh, of uh, knowledge, the words of knowledge and, and words of wisdom. All these things are being manifested, not by the pastor, not just by the elders, not by the deacons, but to all God's people. You guys hear me? Don't think because somebody has a title that they got more... Holy Ghost in them than you do. <laughs> Did you guys know that Luke wasn't an apostle? You guys ever think about that? Luke wasn't an apostle. But Luke 
did some mighty works and mighty acts in the name of Jesus. He was just a man, just like you guys. Amen. Now, that's not my message today. Praise God. But we have a word for you today. And how many people know that we are changed by the word? Amen. So many people are running around trying to get a word when God has already given us his word. Running around trying to get, man, I, need, I just need a word. Just read the word, hear the word, and do the word. That should be all to call at that point right now, and we can just go on with the rest of our day. But I praise God, football is over, so I get to take my time. Praise the Lord. Turn to Colossians 3, 2 through 4. Gracias, Padre. Gracias, Padre. Necesitamos tu presencia. Whew. I need your presence, Lord. We need your word right now. Thank you, Lord. Colossians 3, 2 and 4, and it reads this. Set your mind on things of the earth. That's right. That's what I want to hear. Somebody, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's try it again. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. This morning, esta mañana, I want to ask you to forget what you think you know about God. Quiero que olvides lo que sabes de Dios. And receive this word y recibe esta palabra. I'm going to set some foundational truths. Voy a establecer algunas Verdades fundamentales, so we can truly receive, para que podamos recibir the love of the Father, el amor de Padre. So I want all of us to be in a place where we don't know anything. Donde no sepamos nada. First Corinthians 8 and 2 says this. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. If anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. There's a lot of things that we will get to know in life. Hay muchas cosas que conocemos en la vida. Pero cuando se trata de conocer a Dios. But when it comes to knowing God, we need to be in a place where we say, I don't know much about God. Necesitamos estar en lugar donde decimos, no sé mucho sobre Jesucristo. The minute you begin to think 
You know everything about God. El momento en que empiezas en pensar en Dios, you are going down the wrong path. Because you can't know God with your mind. Con tu mente. You have to find God on your knees. Maybe I have to need to say that in English so you can understand that again. You can't know God with your mind, but you got to find God on your knees. There is a truth that we all hate to admit. If it hadn't been for that painful experience in our lives, we wouldn't know God how we know him today. Come on. We learn about God through suffering. It's suffering that brings us to our knees. Our knees in submission, our knees in prayer. Seeking God with your head or your mind leads you down the wrong path of humanistic theology. Now, I don't know about you, but is there somebody in here that would say, you know what? If it hadn't been for that terrible situation, I wouldn't know God like I know him today. If it hadn't been for the stroke, if it hadn't been for COVID, if it hadn't been for the breakup, if it hadn't been for whatever is going on in your life, I wouldn't know God today the way that I know him now. We, we want to run and, and seek out the, the blessings of God and we think that we get to know God in the blessings. But we get to know God through our suffering. You know that you were hurt. You know there was things that hurt you that led you to a, a, a part where you had to get on your knee and, knees and go, God, why? But we get to this humanistic theology. And humanistic theology is, is the art of limiting God to our own capacity of thinking. There was no way our natural thinking can understand the majesty, the omnipotence, the, om, the omniscience, the omni, you know what I'm getting ready to say. The awesomeness, the amazing, the astounding, the breathtaking, majestic, miraculous magnificence of Jesus. It's impossible. Romans 8 and 7 says this, because the carnal mind is an enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can it be the amplifier says it like this the mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God it does not submit itself to God's laws since it cannot your human thinking is hostile to God. What you think when you look at yourself and you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I know, every, I know God's, uh, uh, everything that God does, I, I, I know his personality, I know this, and, and you get to that point. Your mind cannot contain who God is. What we want to know about God is not in our head, it's in our hearts. What we really want to know about God should not be in our heads. It should be in our hearts. David said this in Psalms 119 and 10. He said, with my whole heart, I have sought you. 
Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Jeremiah said in 20, uh, Jeremiah 29 and 13, he said this, and I will sit and you will seek me and find me when you search me with all of your heart. Now, as a side note, now, just as a side note, the reason why people don't change when they come to Christ is because the word never went from their head to their heart. The problem most of us have is when we come to God, we try to go uh, to get to know God through education. You guys with me? We want to know God. We read about God. We get books about who God is and, and, and what his personality is like. And, and this is what God does. And, and we see that and we get to learn things. And some of us will go to seminary and some of us will go to Bible school and go to Bible colleges. And we get to know things about God. But I, I, I'm, there's a problem with that because when we learn so much, we will forget. Let me help you guys out. Grade school, for instance. I'm only talking about to the, the, uh, the, the older people here, okay? If I were to ask you, what role did Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria play during the start of World War I? Right, 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 right. You don't have a clue, do you? But you all, you, it was, that was grade school. That was grade school, fifth grade, sixth grade. Most of us couldn't most of us couldn't even name seven the seven continents. I said most of us. Most of us ain't gonna remember that, right? But we learned it. We learned it. But most of us will remember this. We will remember the first person that broke our heart. We'll never forget that. We'll remember remember the first violation of touch that happened to us. We will remember that rejection in any relationship. We will remember the first person we were in love with. We tend to remember experiences more than formal education. That's why the doctors and nurses have a time of internship. I don't want a doctor that just went and read something and then comes and tries to do surgery on me. I need them to have some hands-on training. So many of us as, as, as Christians try to get to know God by reading his word, but it says, blessed are those that hear and do. Why? Because reading and education is one thing, but number two, doing it, is where you get the experience. Doing it is when you get to know. Pretty soon, God willing, I am going to have a heart transplant. And when I have a heart transplant, I want to make sure the doctor that's doing my heart transplant knows what he's doing. I don't want him to read about it. Matter of fact, I don't even want him just sitting around watching somebody else do it. I want him to learn with somebody that's experienced 
somebody that's done it before. I want him to learn. So when it's his turn, he has experience doing it with other people and somebody around him. Because at one point in time, he's going to be on his own. You guys with me? So what you experience determines how you think. And if your experiences have been only from a human view or a worldly view, then you will think, you'll only think of a worldly way. So when we come to Christ, we bring this human way of thinking, this worldly way of thinking into a spiritual world. Then we end up missing God. Because we're trying to figure out God through worldly ways when that's not how it works, you guys. In order to seek God, you got to seek God with your whole heart, not with your whole mind. John 6 and 63 says this. It is the spirit that quickeneth to quickeneth. The flesh, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. See, God is a spirit. John 4 and 24 says this, God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Romans 8 and 7 says this, because the, the carnal mind is an enmity against God. We talked about that a minute ago. Why? Because God is a spirit. His word is spirit and we cannot receive spiritual things with our natural minds. There's too many carnal Christians running around this world today. Am I, am I speaking? Carnal Christians, people that do things based upon how they feel. Now listen carefully. Because our earthly experience with our fathers have created an earthly uh, uh, idea of what we see a father to be earthly worldly or carnal way we think the earthly and worldly way that we think about our fathers we will end up missing what our spiritual father is like we become fatherless or orphans not because the absence of a father but what we experienced and now think about our fathers this is why Romans 12 and 2 says this, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 1 Corinthians 2, 2 and 7 says this, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Number four says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You guys with me? Where I'm trying to get you guys to understand is you're not going to understand God with your natural mind. You got to learn and discern spiritual things. The word of God, the Bible is spiritual. This is why, this is why people that have a, a, a worldly mind will try to tell Christians about the Bible. They don't understand it. But how could they understand it? They don't have the spirit of God. Oh. Your mind is your thinking. 
Your mind, like people say, I don't mind. No. Your mind is you. And what you think is in your mind. Ooh, that was deep. You guys tweet that. <laughs> what you think is programmed by your experiences. Some people have had bad experience with churches. So it changes or it forms their thoughts about church. Amen? Can I make, I make it simple. Because there's people that don't go to church anymore because they've been church hurt. Right? Have you guys ever had a bad experience at a restaurant? Okay. Tahoe Joe's, maybe? What, what, what about, have you ever had a, a bad experience at a hospital? You guys with me? And that experience that you've had at the hospital, you're, met, you're bad, you're, you're upset, you didn't get good treatment, you were sitting there waiting for hours, all that other stuff. But guess what? Does that experience with that one hospital make you not ever go back to the hospital? What are you saying? What are you saying, Pastor? I don't understand. So, so Tahoe Joe's, maybe Tahoe Joe's, that one Tahoe Joe's you went to, you'll be like, I ain't never going to Tahoe Joe's again. I hate them. They're terrible. But then you might go to another city and there's another Tahoe Joe's. But because of that experience that you had at Tahoe Joe's in Vacaville, now you're not going to experience any Tahoe Joe's, even though you're hungry. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is when you have a bad experience, in your life, you tend to remember that experience and you correlate everything around that experience with the way you felt. Why do so many people don't go to church? Because they were been, they've been church hurt. I don't want to deal with church. I've been to church. The pastors are this. The people are hypocrites and this and that. Look, let me tell you something. Most gyms have fat people in them. You know why? Because they're trying to get in shape. <laughs> Come on. Most people at the hospital are sick. And when you're sick, you go to a hospital. But you don't go, I ain't going to the hospital. I don't like the way they treated me. This is what happens in church. But the, you know what we do because of our experiences? I'm going on a tangent here. Did you know what we end up doing with church? We say we're done with church. Because of what happened, because of our experience, and we'll never try church again. But how come you didn't say that about Walmart? I hear you. I'm like, tell it. I hear you. You go to Walmart, wait in line for 45 minutes for you only to get a gallon of milk. Because there was one register open, and, you, and everybody that's standing there got pajamas on, barefoot, all kinds of crazy. You there during, with the craziness going on, but you stand and wait, and you're upset. And then finally, when you get the milk, you look down and look at the milk, and the milk's expired. And then, 
then the person at the register looks at you like, well, what you looking at me for? Go get it. Then you go get the milk, and when you come back, they're making you wait in line again. And after that experience, you go back, you're upset, you're complaining about it, but you know what? The next time you need some milk, you still go back to Walmart. You don't go nowhere else. You go back to Walmart. When you eventually know what you need, you're going to go back to Walmart. Oh, Pastor John, I'm looking, I can hear my wife saying it right now. Where are, you go, where are you going with this, honey? Where are you going with this, honey? I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere because of this. <laughs> don't, don't, don't stop. Stop, 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 stop. I had a stroke. I know I shouldn't be saying that, but I'm trying to keep my mind focused. People will go back to Walmart because they need something because of, of, of an ex, a, a, a bad experience, but they'll still go back to Walmart, but they won't come back to church because of a bad experience. I don't like church because I was hurt. Well, man, I talked to a guy, hey, dude, some girl broke your heart, but did you give up on girls? Hey, honey, I know he broke your heart, but don't give up on men. Okay, pastor, what are you talking about? We were talking about seeking God. <sighs> I told you I was getting on a soapbox. Our experiences at church are always, I won't say always, will be b bad sometimes. You're going to have a bad experience with me. Maybe I said something to you wrong. Maybe I'm saying something here right now about somebody here. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, your experiences, your experience shouldn't override the goodness of God that's going on in your life and here at church. You can be upset. You can be upset. But you know what? You, can get, you came here, you had to wait, you, somebody was in your seat, something was going on, I don't know what's happening this week, but then next week, guess what? Just come back to church. Even though you're offended, there's still milk, there's still milk. Okay, where was that? It's expired, but praise God. If we had a bad experience with our father or our father figure, we naturally have a resistant mind towards anything that resembles the offender in that experience. So if there's people here that maybe had a father in their life or a father figure or a stepdad or, or somebody in that authority and we, 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 didn't, we had this bad experience with them, we will be resistant towards them or anything that resembles them. Let's say, for instance, you never had a father or your father wasn't a good one, you still have a desire to have that relationship, but the experience of the relationship or lack thereof has affected your thinking because what you think, I want a father, but I don't want to be hurt. I want a husband, but I don't want to be hurt. I want a wife, but I don't trust women. These thoughts are formed from your experiences. Now, as a side note, we should treat... Um, each other with this on our mind. If the way you treat your brother and sister determines how you think about God, then you should do your best to deny yourself. 
I know it's not about what they think about God, but I am, uh, I am the intercessor until they learn to seek God for themselves. We want them to learn about God in their hearts and not in their heads. So now, how do we change our way of thinking? Seek God. I know you guys just asked that in your hearts, but seek God with your heart and not with your head. The Bible describes David as a man after God's own Most of us have a heart after other people's hearts, especially the people that have affected us through our lives, positively or negatively. There's people here that have a heart after their mother or the heart after their father. And even though it's been positive, you want to be just like them. But we need to have the heart and seek the heart of God. And here's something that may shock you. God, look, listen to this. God doesn't want you to live by obedience. God wants you to love him because love always aims to please. You guys catch that? God doesn't want you to live by obedience. You know, that's what Christians always say. You better be be obedient. Better, better, you know, what does it say? Uh, Obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah, it's okay. You know, obedience is better than sacrifice. But guess what? God doesn't want you to just live by obedience. Why? If anybody got any kids... Come on, let's go. Get, you sit down, you tell your kids something? You better sit down. And you know what they do? They look at you and be like. You guys with me? They may have been obedient on the outside, but on the inside. God don't want you like that. Your obedience is a result of your love. I do it because I love you. God, I do these things because I love you. I'm taking self out of it. I'm doing it because I want to please you. This is one of the problems that people have in marriage. I do it because my husband wants me to do it. Or I do it because my wife. No. I do it because I love you. God doesn't want you to live by obedience. God wants you to love him because love always aims to please. You can be obedient and not love, but you can't be in love and not want to please. <laughs> Luke 6 and, 4 and 46 says this. Why do you call me Lord if you don't do what I say? John 14 and 15 says this. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We get it twisted, and we think if we are obedient, we prove our love. No. If you love, you will aim to please the other person. When you love God, you will aim to please God. It's easy when you're in love because love aims to please. John, uh, 1 John 2 and 15 says this. Do not love the world or the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Some people are aiming to please other people in the world. Your heart, you are trying to please people in this world. The love that you have for other people. And I'm not talking about a a godly love. I'm just talking about a worldly love. 
But the love that God is talking about is that agape love, that perfect love, that love that we say our hearts are yours, God, and whatever you would have me do, I will do gladly. But what we have now and today is we love people and we, and what is it called? People pleasing. And we do for those people just because we want to gain their love. So how do we switch our hearts towards God? Number one, we must realize who we are. How many people believe we're human beings? Anybody, you guys believe you're human beings? You guys don't think you're aliens? Some of y'all act like aliens. From the time we were born, we've been lied to. We are much more than human beings. The name of this flesh suit that we carry is called human, but we are spiritual beings. Some of us don't understand that. We think we're human beings, but we are spiritual beings. Let me give you an analogy. A spacesuit. A spacesuit is subject to what or who's inside of it. A spacesuit that just sits there. You, you guys know space, you've seen spacesuits before? If there's nothing in the spacesuit, it's empty, it's lifeless, it sits there, it doesn't do anything. But when something gets inside of it, it begins to move. And you don't, you don't really see what's moving on the inside of it, but you see the spacesuit moving. Not the person, you see the spacesuits. But the moment that the, what's inside the spacesuit leaves, the spacesuit is gone. That's our body. Our body, our flesh is just here. It, it, we are a spirit being living inside some flesh. And one day this flesh will go to the ground from, from ashes to ash, from dirt to dirt, from dust to dust. There is there's something more to us than this flesh. Do you guys hear me? We need to understand that we are more than just human beings. We are spirit beings created in the image of Christ. Romans eleven thirty six says this. We are, excuse me, let's, let me go back. It says, we were here before the earth was formed. God created man and woman before everything else was formed. We were in Christ before the earth was made. We were in him. Romans 11 and 36 says this, for him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever and amen. God knew you before you were born, even before you were in your mother's womb. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before, before I formed you in your womb, I knew you. Wait a minute. He knows you. He knew you. He knew you by name before you even formed. So you were a spirit being before you were formed as a human being. Why am I telling you this? Because I need you to know who you are. He said, before I knew you, before you were formed in the womb, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. Dave gives us fur David gives us further evidence of God's providence 
when he create when when he talked about God creating us in Psalms 139 and 16 it says this your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained me for me uh, for me were written in your book before one of them came to be wow god knew about me before i was even formed god knew about me before the foundations of this earth hopefully this is getting in your heart because now you got to understand something we have to understand that god knew us before the foundations of the earth god's plan wasn't to create a universe god's plan was to create a family the universe was made to house us god didn't go well i'm gonna get a place a planet and then put people on it. No, he created a family before he created the universe and then created the earth for his family. So God thought about you personally. He knows you by name. He knows who you are. It's impossible for you to be an accident. I'm going to speak to you because maybe you didn't understand it. Maybe your mom or your dad or maybe your, your father that was never in your life or your mom that left you or whatever or, or look at you, oh, it was an accident. I didn't expect you. God expected you. God knew who you were. God knew you before the foundations of the earth. You weren't an accident. It may have been an accident to your daddy. It may have been an accident to your mama, but it wasn't an accident to God. He knew you before you were formed. And he ordained it. Your method of arrival on earth may be a shock to your parents, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't shocking to God. And because God wants you here. He wants you. God wants you here. So, matter of fact, say, say, just, 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 just say this over yourself. Say, say, God wants me. Say it like you mean it. God wants me. And God wants me here. Yes. I don't know who I'm speaking to or I'm prophesying to at this moment right now. I don't know what you've been going through in your life or even thinking about, man, I just, I, I, I just, these days are bad and, and there's nothing ahead of me. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me. But God is saying today that I love you and I want you and I want you here. He says your future is greater than what's going on today. I know it's hard. I know it's bleak. But God of all hope and mercy is calling and talking to you right now. The devil is a lie. I I declare right now that you shall live. You shall live. Hallelujah. Rejection is a lie. Your friends may reject you. Your parents may reject you. But God wants you and he wants to be in you. Do you guys know that God actually experienced rejection? Jesus Christ experienced rejection. He experienced rejection so we don't have to be rejected. 
Your friends may reject you. That girl that don't want to be with you may reject you. That man that wants that doesn't want to be with you may reject you. I don't care who is rejecting you. God wants you. And because he experienced rejection, we don't have to be rejected. Isaiah 53 and 3 says this. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. This is what Jesus had to go through so that we don't have to go through it. Psalms 118.22 says this. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. That's Jesus Christ. Because he was the one that was rejected. So we don't have to be rejected. He says, I want you here because there are greater works. There are greater things that God has for you than today. As I bring this to a close. We need to make sure that we seek God, not with our heads, but with our hearts. So that we will find out who God is. Not God of what man thinks, but the God of the universe, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. I don't know what you guys are going through, and I don't know where God is going with us uh, this morning, but I just feel really compelled that there's some things that we have allowed in our lives. Rejection from men. Not saying man, but rejection of mankind. God gave us the strength and the power to walk by faith and not by sight. And today, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him intimately. He wants, to, he wants you to understand who he is. But also, even, even more than that, he wants you to understand who you are. You are a child of God. You may not fit in in certain places. That's okay. You may not be cool like everybody else. That's okay. At the end of the day, this is what God wants. He wants you to know who you are and who you belong to. You are a child of God, and you are here and been placed on here for a purpose in that your future is greater than today. Seek God with your whole heart. And when you seek God with your whole heart, you will find him. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the renewing of your heart. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you.
you. If you're here today, actually, there's a couple of things that I want to ask of you. First of all, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today's the day. If you've been one of those people that have been in church, you might be in church all your life, or maybe today's your first time at church, or a few times with church, and you're like, you know what? I didn't realize that I knew about God. I, I, I had this view of him, but there's more to him than I thought. And today, I want to receive the forgiveness of God in my life, uh, and I want to grow with him. I want to know him intimately. If that's you today and you say, I want, I want to give my life to Christ and begin to walk with him in a community, a holy community of believers, if that's you today, I just want you guys to come up front or just raise your hand wherever you're at. Is there anybody, anybody in here like that? Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. My second petition is this. If you've been in this place and you've been de experiencing depression, thoughts of hopelessness, thoughts that you feel like nobody cares about you, you don't have to wait for the stages of, of thinking about killing yourself. You, you can be just at the point where nobody even understands and and, and all those, if anything, if any of those thoughts of the enemy has been plaguing you just recently or anything like that, if that's you, raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.